quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. We're back for another episode of the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Gemma and I'm here with Michelle. And today we have a special guest who we met in our private Facebook group. Her name is Shauna and she's going to tell us a little bit about her journey with Peace and Parenting. Great. So before we get started, let's talk about something that's going well in our world. Gemma? Um, let me think. We went to the pumpkin patch yesterday. So we're starting Halloween festivities. So that's oh, fun. That's cute. Uh, what about you, Shauna? See, we have just been laughing a lot over here. I can't think of like a specific example, but I've just been trying to laugh and it's been working. So that's been fun. That's so lovely. So good. What about you, Michelle? I got to work out this morning at the crack of dawn. Yay. (laughs) I'm feeling good. (laughs) There's some endorphins flowing and it's all good in the hood. Um, But that's about it for me. We're so excited to have Shauna here. Shauna, do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are? And Sure. Yeah. I'm Shauna and I have one son, Asa, and he's six. And we live in California in the Central Coast area. Nice. Okay, great. And so you um, have been using this conscious, peaceful, hand-in-hand, connective parenting for a lot of years. I've been doing this since my son was three. Yeah. Um, And what made you want to start it? Did something specific happen or you just decided? Yeah, he he was three and he was tantruming like three-year-olds do. And it was crazy making for me. And I worked with kids. I was a teacher in informal teaching settings and I was a nanny and a babysitter. So it wasn't like I hadn't been around a tantruming child before. (laughs) And suddenly here was my own. And he was aggressive too um, with other kids at preschool. And it was, it really rubbed my values. It really triggered me. And I think the full force of my anxiety met the full force of whatever feelings he was having. And it just was not working. 
I think I'm a former teacher too, and I baby I was the neighborhood babysitter. I think that some almost makes it worse because somehow in our mind we're like, oh, children, no problem. I've got this. <laughs> I was a great teacher. I was an awesome teacher. I was a really crappy mom. Yep. And for me, you know, my family of origin was not an ideal situation. And so part of why I wanted to work with kids and did work with kids was because I felt like I understood kids. <laughs> I felt like I knew what they needed. And so I also came into parenting with, you know, my own chip on my shoulder, my own sort of history that made me also want to do it really well. Yeah. Um, and thought I knew what that looked like. Yeah. And then I didn't <laughs> like at all. Yeah. I think for me too, very similar. I just, I think that I was like, oh, I'm going to heal myself by working with kids. Yep. And that worked for a little while until I had my own kids. And then it was just too close to home and too much stuff got kicked up. And so I, like you said, the force and the force, my force of my daughter and the force of my unmet needs in my own childhood exploded in my face. (laughs) And I think that's the only reason I like came to this parenting method was because I was like, this cannot be right. Yeah. And I tried, you know, there were approaches, we did a co-op preschool. And so we had parent educators come in and do workshops with parents. And, you know, I learned a lot of things about how to talk to kids. Like I learned a lot of like words to say. I learned a lot of what I now understand is like behaviorism. They're doing this behavior, how to get that behavior to change. And it just wasn't working at all. And I felt bad about myself. Because you were controlling, right? I mean, that's ultimately what it is. And there was nothing in any of the approaches that I was learning about that was like, you are a part of this. And not in the way of like, it's your fault, but like, this is really hard. And in order to do this, you need support. Yeah. Your feelings are legit. This pain and the difficulty of, of what you're facing is totally legitimate. I felt in a lot of things that I learned before learning this way of parenting that there was something wrong with me because I couldn't just say or do the right thing because my the feelings that I was having were getting in the way. You're probably not alone. And I think a lot of people, like even in our Facebook group, people are just like, just tell me what to do. I just need to know what to do. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, you could try this, but actually you have to do X and Z and B and A and C and D and F. And then if you do all those things, then this problem behavior will go away. And I think that's what we don't understand as a society. We just want the like, tell me what to do to get the behavior to stop. I'm going to do that thing. And then everything is going to be better. And when we don't get there, we get super frustrated because we think something's wrong with us and something's wrong with our kid. And it's not, we just need to focus on the relationship that we share with them. And building that relationship is not a quick fix. So how did you start, Shauna? Did you do one thing or did you try to conquer it all at once? I took a class. It was like, you know, it popped up on my Facebook feed. I had no idea what this stuff was, but I was like, tears and tantruming. That's my problem. (laughs) And it was the first time that I landed in a educational space around parenting where there was time given to parents to talk about their experiences, where the emphasis, and I think what you were just saying, Michelle, about we come as parents in desperation with a desire to solve the thing before us. And so, of course, a lot of approaches that are attempting to help parents try to get at that. 
right? Try to give you that solution, but it doesn't, like you were saying, it, it doesn't work when the missing piece is like the parent needs to be seen in some ways. Yeah, I think that is the missing piece from a lot of parenting methods. Even people I really respect and have are, are conscious parents and, and do all the things, quote unquote, but there is that missing like, okay, what about what's going on for me? How can I just ignore all that stuff? Like, right. where are my unmet needs? How do I get those fulfilled? And I don't know what helped you with that part. Well, I'll say that it was that, that space for me to say, yeah, but I keep hitting a wall and I don't know why I can't get over these. Like, I hear what I should do and I still can't do it. Yeah. There was that. But then also in this way of parenting was this like very solid belief that wasn't just like a Jedi mind trick. I didn't feel like that my child was good and that what he was doing served a purpose. The tears and the tantrums, they were not there as a reflection of him being bad or me being bad, but that he needed me. He needed something. The tears and the tantrums were normal. They're a normal way that kids show us, I need help. And I think those two things together took my tension down like 10 notches. Yeah. Because if it was okay that he was having a tantrum, if it was okay, not okay in the sense that it's fine if he goes around and hits kids, but okay in the sense that he was a normal child expressing something and I didn't yet know how to help him with that. It took the tension down for me enough that then I could kind of listen. And I think the first thing that I heard was this idea of special time, this idea of one-on-one time that you give to your kid that's undivided, that is bringing all of your attention and warmth to whatever they do. I think I went home after that class that I took and I tried it for seven minutes and two things happened. One, I noticed how hard it was for me to do that. <laughs> it's so hard. Like, Isn't that crazy? Seven minutes and you're like, get me out of here. <laughs> yes. But then also I noticed, oh, I am not when I'm with him giving him these moments where I don't expect something of him, where I'm not trying to correct him or get him to like do something right or be a kind of a way that I want him to be. I didn't think of myself as that kind of parent, but just seeing how hard that seven minutes was, my desire to arrange the Legos Uh just so, or like- Don't even bring up Legos in this space. There's a thing on your face. All the ways that it was really hard for me to like attend to him, to like really be with him with warmth. Yeah. I used to say to people, my I still do to some of my clients, I was the most disconnected stay-at-home mom that ever existed. When they were like, you need to connect with your kids. I was like, I'm with these kids all day long. We're connected, okay? (laughs) But I wasn't because I was not paying attention. And that's a totally different way of connection. And it's a way of connection that I couldn't do. At that point, seven minutes was a lot, you know? And it's not something that I could or should do for more than 30 minutes a day would be tops. Um, I think that's an important notice because I think it is like it's really hard to be engaged with a child for more than 20 minutes. That's a really big ask. It's a lot to just be like, I am super into this with you. I love you. And just pour everything in. If you have to do that for 20 minutes for multiple children, it's exhausting. 
Yeah. Well, and I only had the one, which is another thing that I feel badly about sometimes. Like, why is this so hard for me? I only have one child, but it was... I think it's harder sometimes with one child. I really do. I think that you're expected to be everything, you know, and you really are like trying to be everything because there's a lot going on internally when you have one kid and they're, they have a lot of expectations of you. And I think having one child is not easy. Yeah. 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 So that turned it around. And then just seeing how that seven minutes landed with him, like, even though I was, it was a little hard for me. It was different enough and it was warm enough that he felt it. And there was like instant cooperation, you know? I mean, and he was three. He was a different boy than he is now. Special time looks different, but that was it. I was like, oh, I get it. That was when things started to turn a little bit for me in terms of seeing that it wasn't about solving his tears and his tantrums. And it wasn't about figuring out exactly how to respond when he went up and pushed a kid down at the co-op preschool, but that it was about building a connection with him. It was about having ways to create a connection so that when things got hard, I knew how to be there for him. Was that same for you, Gemma? Yeah. And you know, I mean, I was one of those people that was always like, no, no, Michelle, just say the things, give me the list, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like I'm straight A student. I can do it. But it's like just totally not about that at all. Yeah. So what about now? So now he's six, right? And you're homeschooling. Are you making time for special time in the midst of all that? (sighs) Oh, no. (laughs) I just want to say that I (laughs) never ever wanted to homeschool. Yeah. I I nannied for a family that homeschooled and I respected them so deeply and also was like that. I don't have what it takes for that. My parenting is such a departure from how I was raised. Add education on top of that. So Mm -hmm. when surprise homeschooling happened in March, I was like, oh, goodness. He was only in kindergarten. So it was like fun things that the teacher was sending home and they were having Zoom meetings here and there. And it just was not working. It was not happening. And I decided kind of then, like, this is a really hard time in the world and he's only in kindergarten. I'm lucky for that. And I'm just not going to worry too much about this school thing. I'm going to really focus on the connection that we have right now and finding a way for us to be sane in the midst of this, just this bananas time that we're living through. We've already expected too much of parents and now it's just like, it's beyond that. It's unmanageable. It really is. And the teachers too, like everybody's suffering. We're all suffering. Just everyone is. So it's just, we're going to chalk this year up as bad. I know I don't like to say bad and good, but I'm going to. 2020 is bad. It's in the bad pile. And we're going to hopefully get a good year coming in. And I'm just like, I'm just going to close my eyes till the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the best we can do. If you could, I was just thinking, like, if you could give um, an advice, any advice to somebody who's, let's just think about like the way we all came to this parenting, like what are, what are the two or maybe three or five or one or whatever things, advice that you would give to people? Well, I don't know how this will land with everyone, but for me, I didn't go into this way of parenting from the perspective of I need support and I need a community. Um, I went into it as there are these tears and tantrums and, you know, aggression problems that I'm having that I want to solve. 
But what I found was that in order for me to do things really differently, it wasn't enough to just learn and practice. I really needed other people who spoke the language that I spoke, who mirrored back to me that I'm not alone <laughs> and that I had I have other people who are in my life who are parenting this way. So when I look out at the world and I see, gosh, we're really different, I can do that, but also feel like, yeah, we're different, but I have a lot, I have a community of support. I have people in my life that are doing it this way that I can talk to and that I can look to, to be like, yep, we're not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Gemma, what about you? What's the one thing? Cause I want to give one too. (laughs) Yeah. I think the whole concept of like right and wrong, like there are certain behaviors, like you said, that are good and bad. And now I don't project that onto my children. Like you are a reflection of me. You act this way so that everybody sees that I'm a good parent. Like I don't, I don't have that anymore. I let that go. (laughs) Yeah. That's a big one. I think for me too, I was just thinking like, I too came to it like, I'm doing this. I'm going to try this because I need to fix Esme. You know, (laughs) she's the problem and I'm going to fix her. And once I get her fixed, then the family will be better. And what I came to realize is that the problem was me. And the problem was me because I was over controlling everything. And I didn't realize that that was making all the behaviors go haywire. And once I stopped trying to control, I realized how much easier it was for me. What a better person I became. I felt like I was somebody who I really wasn't. I actually came into myself after I let go of all that control stuff. And I was like, oh, I actually am calm. I actually am easygoing. I actually am all these things. And I can be that. And when I can be that for myself and I can be that for my kids, then everything's just better. And that was like this huge, you know, growth too. And I think like Shauna too, I needed people. So I I begged people to take free classes in my living room, my friends, because I wanted to convert them because I needed a tribe. And so I like begged people. And once they got in there, they're like, shoot, I'm the problem too. And I was like, yes, everyone's the problem. (laughs) Wait, yes, I want you to know you're the problem and I'm the problem and we can be the problems together. And so that was like the way in which I created my family of people. And now I have this whole like the peace and parenting thing, which I can just like go on Instagram and be like, oh, here, here they are. Here are my people. Yeah. It's so good. You know, what you have created and just your way of doing things is so accessible and your real peopleness comes through in what you do. And there's just the relatability and the fun, but also like, I don't know, you're just down to earth and real and you've got really great ideas. And it comes through in what you're putting out in the world. So thank you, Shauna. That's so sweet. That means everything. Good. Thank Thank you. (laughs) We love it. Thank you. Thanks for chatting with us and sharing your story. And thanks to everybody that was listening. We'll be back next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.